Welcome to Steeping Around, sponsored by the Maya Tea Company. I am your host, Manish Shah, and we are talking all things tea. In studio today with Sarah Price, editor running the board. We'll never hear her, maybe except for the commercials, because she's the one that makes the rest of us sound so good. Yeah, thank God for Sarah. That's co-host Lisa Durf is sitting here with me, enjoying a little beer as well as tea. Well, that's our topic for today. We're in our fourth episode on tea and beer. It's running in conjunction with an article that's posting in Fresh Cup magazine in the month of December. And I think it's certainly been a really good time for everybody, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. I have learned a tremendous amount, and it's been really great hearing about this collaboration of tea and beer. Yes, in fact, the last three shows have been very educational. We did an initial show, the very first one, three weeks ago, on sort of what beer was. And then we moved on and had a conversation with a local brewmaster, Blake Collins, who explained more about our collaboration between the Maya Tea Company as well as his company, Borderlands Brewery. Then we had another show where we interviewed Spike Bukowski, who is with Terrapin Brewery, and he took it a step further and showed us some more. And today we are presenting my first collaboration in the beer and tea realm with Sam Calagione from Dogfish Head Brewery. So did he approach you and you sent him the tea or did he just try the tea and then came to you or? So the collaboration actually all began when somebody from Dogfish had actually called us and asked for some samples of our chai tea. And I didn't actually know what they were going to use it for, but ultimately they put it in a beer called Sa Tea, which is one of their seasonal and very popular ales that they make. Okay. Now you talk about kindred spirits. That's something that I've felt with all of the brewmasters that we talked to that there's kind of a correlation between what they do and kind of what we do here at the tea company we're all trying to do really interesting work in our case really interesting tea they do really interesting beer but the kindred spirit part is even more so particularly so far with spike and with sam because they both started off like home-based businesses small breweries we started a farmer's market a four-foot table and to have seen the expansion of their companies as well as ours is very rewarding and it's got to be a little bit inspiring (laughs) even for me i mean i have have nothing to do with either one of those industries per se. But you have a small business of your own. But I have a small business and it's nice to see that these companies who have started off so small, like you said, home-based, have grown into these. Yeah, it's great to have that and see these guys who basically started so small and we've all worked with something that we believed in and turned it into something really wonderful. And you can totally see that they all truly believe in what they're doing and they're very passionate about what they're doing. And they they love it and they're having fun. Yeah, they are. And I think that's a key element. So let's listen to what Sam has to say about how he got his start at Dogfish Head and where our collaboration began. Take a listen. So I'm here with Sam Caglioni from Dogfish Head Brewery talking about beer and tea. We had the good fortune of being able to work together on a project and we're going to talk about it. But first, Sam, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me, man. So tell me a little bit about your history. How did Dogfish Head come to be? How did you get into the beer business? Well, our brewery opened in 1995, and in that era, there was about 600 breweries in America, and we opened as the smallest brewery in America because uh, I was 24 years old and couldn't raise money to open a bigger brewery. And our brewery was basically a glorified home brewing system in the corner of our restaurant. And it was always my goal to open the brewery in the restaurant because I knew we wanted to brew 
big, bold beers that didn't pay attention to stylistic guidelines and to use the entire landscape of culinary ingredients as potential ingredients for beer. So our purpose is off-center ales for off-center people at Dogfish, and that off-center ales definition is really about boundless opportunities for ingredients from anything in the culinary world. So if you're looking at all of these ingredients, you chose tea. Now, have you ever used tea before the sati? Not in a beer. We did a very early version of sati. And by the way, our version is spelled S-A-H-T-E-A, so that the word tea is in there. But traditionally, there is a beer called sati, S-A-H-T-I. And it was a huge brand and sort of a national brand in Finland that in the 1500s, 1600s was brewed every day in small home breweries and small commercial breweries. And sati from Sweden is done with juniper berries and they lay out juniper bows that act as a filter bed for the beer to run through and it's made with rye. So our version has rye and juniper in it, but we wanted to kind of put a dogfish thumbprint on it and bring in some other unique ingredients. So a really dynamic tea, chai tea with different components in it was really what we centered our version of sati around. That's excellent. So... How did you find us? How did you find our chai tea? Well, I mean, we've been playing with exotic ingredients for 17 years. And whether it's something that's traditionally a tea or a straightforward herb like rosemary or even uh, fruit like sliced lemons, which is in our hellhound, we always make a tea to get our heads around how that ingredient will contribute in taste and aromatics to a beer. So we always bring in our ingredients that we're considering into a room and we'll just make up some hot water and just put different ratios of different ingredients in the hot water and make a tea out of these things. So what we did is we reached out to eight different tea companies and asked for their chai blend. And we were looking for a chai blend that had pepper notes, black pepper notes, coriander notes, cardamom notes. And of the eight blends we tried, the Maya tea was the one that we preferred hands down. So that's why we chose the one we did. Well, the part that you don't know, which is really interesting, is that's actually my first tea. You know, like your first beer, the one that you started with? I had that chai tea on a little four-foot table at a farmer's market, and nobody knew what chai tea was back then, and that's how we got our start, and we've bootstrapped it all the way to where we are today. But literally, the blend that you chose is the one that I started with, like, 15 years ago. It's cool. It's a very good thing. Now, how do you make the sati? Maybe you can reveal it, maybe you can't. But how did you use it in the process when you are making the beer? At what point do you put the tea in, and how do you go about that? Because I saw the video. You have a very, very interesting process about how you brew that sati. Yeah, so kind of as an homage to the traditional satis of Scandinavia, those beers were boiled in wooden tanks. Obviously, you can't have an open fire in a wooden tank. So the way they would boil them is they would have a fire next to the wooden tank. They would take giant boulders, put it in the hot fire overnight, and then with utensils, kind of like big shovels, they would plop these white-hot rocks into the wooden tank full of beer and the heat of the rocks is what would boil the beer, but of course it would also cause caramelization in the beer 
because the white hot rocks will caramelize the sugars from the barley and rye against their surface. So there's a little bit of a background of smoky caramel notes that comes from that traditional cooking process that we still use. So the beer is boiled with the rocks, and at the end of the boil, at what we call flame out, when we take the heat of our boil kettle off and it stops boiling, but it's still over 180 degrees, that's when we steep the sati blend of chai tea into the beer on the hot side, but post-boil. Very, very cool. And a big part of that is because we love the aromatics that come from your tea. Earlier in the process, a lot of those volatiles would have been blown off the boiling process. So by adding it late, we're keeping a lot of those aromatics in the final beer. Well, I think it may be time to actually check out those notes that he's talking about. When we come back, we are going to sit down and taste this amazing sati beer and let you know what we think. So stick around. We'll be right back here on Steeping Around. Hi, my name is Roxanne, and I am with the Maya Tea Company. Now, Manish and the guys know an awful lot about tea, and they have put together some incredible blends. But let's face it, sometimes they still need a woman's touch. I have a special gift for aesthetics, and I've put the finishing touches on most of the tea blends that we make in-house. But I've also created my own blends from scratch. One of my own tea blends has become the number one seller for the Maya Tea Company, the Pomegranate Mojito Green Tea. Pomegranate Mojito mimics one of my favorite bar drinks with fresh green tea, peppermint, lime, and pomegranate. And don't worry, if you're missing that extra kick, this tea tastes incredible with an added ounce of tequila or rum. Don't be afraid to spice up your teas. That's what I do. You can find my pomegranate mojito tea, as well as recipes and many tea cocktail ideas at www.mayatea.com. You can save 15% on any of your tea selection, particularly the pomegranate mojito. Our coupon code is STEEP. Cheers! Or as we say here in the Southwest, salute. back here at Steeping Around. I'm your host, Manish Shah, and we are talking all things tea. Actually, today we're in studio with both Lisa and Sarah talking about all things beer and tea. And more importantly, my favorite part of the show here, (laughs) tasting the tea and beer combination. We have beautiful bottles of the Dogfish Head Sa Tea Beer. And I must say, it's pretty fabulous. It is. I don't really consider myself to be much of a beer drinker, but I will tell you this whole series of listening to these brewmasters has been really enlightening and it's really changed the way I feel about it. And I was very excited when I found out we were going to be taste testing this beer. This beer. Yes. It's probably unlike any beer I've ever had, and I've had lots of them. There's a certain thickness to the beer. It's not a light beer. It's got some serious body, a beautiful color. It's not dark, though. No, it isn't. Not at all. Mm -mm. But yet it has a wonderful bite to it. You can taste the rye. 
I'm getting a very strong flavor of the rye, and you can taste some of the juniper berries, although that's not as strong as I thought it would be. The juniper berries, from my perspective, are there, but very subtle. But we certainly can taste our chai tea, and that's what I find fascinating, how pronounced those notes are. The cinnamon, the tea, the cloves, the pepper, the ginger, the cardamom, it's all there. So to be able to actually taste our chai tea so prevalent along with these other notes of the rye and the juniper is remarkable. And it really has resulted in an amazing beer. It's really good. There are a couple of other things that I really like about this beer. One is it comes in a very large bottle. I noticed that first thing. It's good size. So mm-hmm. I think one of those is a total takedown. It's actually probably a total takedown for two people because it's like yeah. 9% alcohol. So it's got a fairly good punch to it. So it's beautiful. Very beautifully designed label, of course. So kudos to Dogfish Head for doing a great job there. Another thing that I find really, really interesting is how they went about choosing ingredients. They do the same thing that we do. They put their ingredients in hot water and make infusions out of them, teas out of them. And so then they can taste what they're going to be like in the beer. And I think that it's interesting that they're in a different industry, yet we're all using some of the same techniques to sort of unlock the keys to flavor. There's a lot to be said for that. Well, what is the future of beer and tea? Let's hear what Sam has to say about that. I certainly can see that you want to use these amazing ingredients all off-center, as you were. But where do you see that tea fits into this? Do you see tea being used more and more going forward? What I love about the craft brewing industry is it's like people's palates. It's all over the map. And I think it's awesome that other breweries are doing beers with tea. But the hope is that everybody can find their own unique thumbprint to put on a beer with tea. Meaning as long as no one's just kind of copying what we do... If they've got another recipe for a totally different beer with tea, we love it. We can't wait to try it. I think there's limitless possibilities. The big thing that I think consumers are now getting their minds around is commercial breweries, the giant industrial breweries that globally dominate the commercial brewing landscape, basically make the same exact style of sort of generic light lager beer. And they just use the quote unquote traditional ingredients of water, yeast, hops, and barley. Well, Long before that sort of monochromatic beer recipe came to dominate, every culture in every corner of the world made beers with whatever ingredients were kind of beautiful and grew in the ground beneath where they lived. So they always had this local terroir component to them that varied around the globe. And I think the craft brewers are bringing that diversity back into the beer world. So I think the opportunities for experimentation are limitless. You know, you just hope that brewers will do their own thing instead of copying what another brewery does. One of the things I've really enjoyed about all three of these interviews is how much we have in common with one another in terms of how we look at our businesses, the joy that we have in running them, and our viewpoints about flavors and culture. Absolutely. And even how you, in some cases, started each one of your businesses is very similar. It's very similar. There's a lot of overlap. Yeah. When we come back, we're going to talk about some of those similarities. Our viewpoints about big companies versus small companies, our approach to flavors, our approach to culture and food. You'll definitely want to take a listen to that conversation. So stay with us. We'll be right back here on Steeping Around. Slow down, you move too fast. Hey 
everyone. This is Sarah from the Maya Tea Company, and I want to know, what happened to tea time? I know, I know, it seems like this ancient ritual, but it's not all about the porcelain cups and crumpets. It's all about a break from your busy lifestyle. When I was growing up, my parents would sit at the breakfast table together every morning and split a pot of coffee. They'd trade the newspaper back and forth and just enjoy each other before waking the kids up or rushing off to work. That was their American tea time. And now, even that seems old-fashioned. We've entered into this age of breakfast bars and Starbucks drive throughs and any amount of relaxation comes with a little bit of guilt. That's why it's more important than ever to fight for your right to relax. We should be on the front lines for tea time. And it doesn't really matter what you put in your cup. It could be tea... It could be coffee, it could be a smoothie, just a glass of water. Just take a moment every day to enjoy yourself, to enjoy your life. And if you do enjoy tea, we can help. We've got something for everybody at www.mayatea.com. And don't forget that coupon code, STEEP. Cheers! Welcome back to Steeping Around. I am your host, Manish Shah, talking tea and beer in studio with Sarah and co-host Lisa, sampling some of the beer, which was excellent. Yes, very excellent. In the event that any of you want to taste the chai tea on its own, you certainly can get that and a whole lot more on our website. Visit us at www.mayatea.com. That's M-A-Y-A-T-E-A.com. If you're a fan of the show, fan us on Facebook. You can find Facebook sites for both Steeping Around as well as the Maya Tea Company. And if you're ever looking for Steeping Around, of course, you can find it on our website, steepingaround.com, as well as on iTunes. And also, you know what? We do invite the listeners to email questions, or if they have suggestions about something that they would like to learn about for future shows. We're all in. We welcome that. We do. In fact, we'll even send you free tea if we oh, use your question. there you go. What's not to love about that? We're cool like that. We're just a small tea company and wanting to do a great show. And in the same vein, you know, Dogfish Head, while a larger beer company is still very much like a family and our conversation with sam actually concluded talking about some of the things that we share most about beer culture tea culture and business take a listen to what he has to say So let's talk a little bit about beer culture and tea culture. Historically, tea culture, you can think of it as very spa-like, sort of meditation, zen, calm, health. Beer culture, I'm not sure, is exactly the same. It's a little bit more about celebration, about, I don't want to say about some noise, but it's a little bit more raucous than I think tea is. How do you see the two aligning? I understand that we have the bridge of flavors, but do you see that there's a good alignment between tea culture and beer culture? better place of alignment is the artisanal indie American beer world lining up with the artisanal indie American-owned tea world. Instead of just saying beer and tea, because like you and like your industry, you guys have some giant international conglomerates that you're up against. And so Dogfish, we don't want to buy from that kind of a company just in the same way that we don't want to be associated with Anheuser-Busch, you know, and Miller, of course. So I see more of the affinity on the scales and the perspectives of our companies than just the industries themselves. 
And I think that's great because we are talking about flavors. We're talking about independent businesses and we're talking about trying to push the envelope of what people are consuming and raising the bar in terms of quality and really opening up their palates. It's a great ride for sure. In our industry, the giant breweries try to make beers that are very sort of bland or I'll say approachable to be more positive because they want to do global giant advertising and marketing campaigns to appeal to everyone. And to appeal to everyone, you can't have something with a lot of flavor because everyone's palate is subjective and then they'll either have an opinion on it, hate it, or like it. But if you make it very approachable or bland, more people can find their way around it. This phenomena exists in the tea world where the giant companies make teas that are intentionally not supposed to be too challenging. I think in some ways, yes. I think that the attempt is to have some consistency. You talked about the notion of terroir earlier. That, look, from one year to the next, things don't taste the same. And so the larger companies want to keep the same consistency time and time again. And a lot of them are doing tea bags. So we're talking about fast brew, convenience. We're not doing that. We're talking about... You have to slow down, you have to settle in, you have to take some time, and then you want to be on the edge, just like we're talking about. You want to open up those palates. I think it's interesting because when we had your sati, you know, drinking it cold, it was good, but then when it warmed up a little bit and those flavors opened up and matured, it was amazing. Well, that can only happen if you slow it down, and that's not what the big guys are all about. They're about consumption. We're about savoring. Right. I totally agree. I was in turn Italy last week for the biannual slow food convention called Salone de Gusto. And you had companies making sandwiches, cheeses, teas, beer, everything. But it was really all about slow down, care about what you're buying, and buy it from companies of a human scale. Absolutely. I'm so honored that you chose us because I love your IPA. I've always loved your IPA, your 90 minute. When I found out that we were going to be working together, I was like, oh my God, that's like a dream. So I know that you folks are focused mostly on the East Coast, but where can people find your beer? Where's your brewery located? We're in 26 states and we're up and down the East and West Coast lines and kind of spotty in the middle, but we're strong in Illinois, we're strong in Texas and Ohio, so it's not just the coast states. But the easiest thing is to just go to dogfish.com and hit Fish Finder and they'll pull up your local area and they'll tell you what stores near you carry sati. Now sati is a beer for us that comes in a big champagne bottle that only comes out once a year. But we do make thousands of cases of it. So at least hundreds, if not thousands of cases, go to every state we do business in. So just look for it through Fish Finder and you should be able to find it. And everybody should find all of your beers. They're wonderful. And, and the fact that you're off-centered for off-centered people and pushing the envelope on ingredients, everybody should definitely open up their palates to the things that you're doing. Well, thank you very much for your time today, Sam. I hope you have an excellent day. And if you're ever down here in Tucson, you give us a ring. I got to tell you, I love the fact that they are off-centered ales for off-centered people, just like we're serious tea for not-so-serious people. Absolutely. So again, a lot of alignment in terms of mission and viewpoints between mm -hmm. the two of us. I think everybody should definitely make an attempt to try some of their beer because it's fabulous. It is. I absolutely love it. I'm so glad I got the opportunity to try it. Well, this sort of concludes our conversation about tea and beer. But if you have any questions, you certainly can email us on the show. We'll send it out to the brewmasters and see if there's anything they would like to add. Remember, you can always email the show at steep at mayatea.com. That's S-T-E-E-P at mayatea.com. 
So the next couple of weeks, we're going to dive headfirst into the holiday season, talking about tea punches and hot toddies, a way to stay warm this holiday season. I bet you we're going to have a few recipes and some things that will definitely keep the holiday spirit alive and well. So thank you very much, both Lisa and Sarah, for being in studio with me this week. My pleasure. Thank you for having me again. And remember, till next week, take it slow. Savor. There's no need to rush when you're steeping around. 